Hi, I'm Lori Denning, and this is my podcast, The 20-Minute Scriptorian, where I explore LDS scripture and doctrine for the Come Follow Me curriculum for The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like most of you, I'm a typical Latter-day Saint, and I've held a variety of callings, from gospel doctrine teacher to institute. I've always loved learning and sharing the scriptures of Christ. Recently, I went back to school, and I'm currently a theology student where I get to learn context, history, ancient languages, and more importantly, how to learn. I thought you might want to share in what I was learning, and the 20-minute scriptorian was born. While I am a believer, these thoughts are my own, and they are not an official representation of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Thanks for listening, and join me on the journey as we explore the scriptures and the path of the disciple of Christ. Welcome back, Scriptorians. This is Lori, and we are headed back into 1 Nephi 11 through 14, the Lamb of God and the plan for the remnant of Joseph. So just a side note, I wanted to thank you again for all of you guys who have joined. We've had people from Australia, Australia New Zealand, Philippines, and Colombia join for the first time in, uh, in some cases. So thank you. I also wanted to tell you just a quick story since it refers to uh, what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So if you'll join me for a quick aside, I want to tell you a little bit about the song, the intro song that's on here. So if you were with us last year, we had a hymn on there. And obviously, I don't want to use anything as a copyright or something like that. So trying to pick things that are copyright free and not infringe on anybody However, um, this song that we I wanted to change it to is much slower. Obviously, it's in a minor key, and you can hear that I tried to, to record it in my living room uh, with my friend. But uh, I had a class a couple semesters ago where I had to take an entire uh, semester, basically in the book of Amos and in the Old Testament, and it is a lot about the remnant of Joseph and um, the prophet Amos is from the south, but he's teaching to the kingdom of Israel, to Ephraim, Manasseh, those other ten tribes, and pray, uh, just pleading as the Lord pleads with them to return to him. And so um, one of the famous scriptures is seek me and live, as well as um, hey remnant of Joseph, right? Seek me and live, and let justice flow like a mighty river and like a flowing stream, right? Like change your hearts, uh, let justice and and righteousness uh, come out of your very pores is kind of the idea. And I had to not only write my final paper on Amos 5, but I had to do a creative project. So I had you could do a painting or a poem, and you guessed it, that's my song. And it's called Remnant of Joseph, Seek Me and Live. And so it has a lot of meaning to me, and my friend Diane helped me uh, write it, and, and did the I did the lyrics, and she mostly did the music, and then she's playing it. And so anyway, just it has a lot of meaning to me because it has this moving feel of calling out to the remnant of Joseph to come back to the Lord, and, and isn't that all of us? And most of us are probably from the remnant of Joseph as well, and that's the message of the Book of Mormon. So Anyway, there you go. Um, so I know some of you are like, hey, it's boring and slow and dirge-like, but uh, but that is the meaning of that song, Seek Me and Live. So there you go. All right, so let's jump back into chapter 11. Now, we have been practicing taking a bigger look at some of the scripture, and one of the challenges of only you know a, a week or so on these verses is that 
what we're studying right now, you could just spend a lifetime in one chapter and trying to understand and learn and apply and allegory and and we just don't get very much time. And so I don't get very far because I, I get so thrilled with some of the stuff. So I hope you can just um, sense that excitement. But one of the things that we get to see here and one of the things that we get to at least carry forward is this big picture. So as we take a step back and we look at kind of what Nephi is trying to tell us and then again what the Lord and we'll see the spirit of the Lord and an angel um, tell Nephi and work through with him are things that we're going to see carry through the entire Book of Mormon, and certainly through First and Second Nephi. So we're going to see these themes and these concepts carry through all the way through the entire book, even into our day. Here's this book for our day, and here are these lessons and themes and messages. So, so as we take a step back, wow, it's just like whoa, wham, wham, hits you from both sides. So let's jump in. We left off in chapter eleven, and I know we're supposed to do eleven through fourteen, but we'll only get through like eleven or twelve today. Sorry. So one of the things I wanted to point out was that Nephi, in the first part, we talked about how he's going to see this same vision. He had this desire to see the vision that his father saw of the tree of life. And now he's speaking with the spirit of the Lord. And um, go to First Nephi. Um, I'm going to just jump actually to First Nephi 11, 12. And we're going to hit now the... The really the the real desire that Nephi had, had in asking for these dreams and so the first party sees a lot of the similar things right and remember Lehi's v- a vision and, and description that at least sh- that we have that he's sharing with us is the allegory right meaning the symbols this meant that the, you know the tree was this the path was that the um, large uh, great and spacious building was not the gym where I work out which is what we call the gym at, near my house is the great and spacious building um but what are these themes? What are these analogies? And here we're going to say it's going to take its next step. So you're going to see almost a turn. And at first blush, these things don't seem to have anything to do with each other. But and it's a very, it's kind of a disconnect. It's a non sequitur at, at, when we first look at it. So I want you to think about a couple of things. We talked about it last time. There are these big themes. And we've talked about this Lamb of God, this remnant, the, the atoning, salvific Messiah. The atoning Messiah is going to be one of them. And then bringing back this remnant. And here we're going to see where Nephi's real desire is also going to be asked. So it says, it came to pass that he said unto me, look. And I looked as if to look upon him. And I saw him not, for he had gone from before my presence. And it came to pass that I beheld the great city of Jerusalem and also other cities, and I beheld the city of Nazareth. And in the city of Nazareth, I beheld a virgin, and she was exceedingly fair and white. Okay, so um, when, when it says that he came and he l- says, look, right? We see this a lot in the Hebrew. It'll be like, behold, um, Hine, check it out, look. And so his attention goes from the spirit of the Lord to the vision itself. So, of course, you're speaking to this this messenger, and then it breaks. I also want to point out something here that in the next verse, which we read 13, it says, I looked and beheld, etc. Um, the spirit, the spirit, um, when he gets to verse 14 in the next one, he's now speaking to an angel. So it's going to go from the spirit of the Lord to a new vision, and now he has a new inter- a new interpreter, a new guide. So first it was the spirit of the Lord, and now it is an angel. 
interesting could be but there are these breaks one of the things i like here is that this that um the spirit right now is going to take the attention from the messenger to the vision look back to it okay so he looks to it and it came to pass he starts to see this vision um and then let's look at 14 uh and so it just moves right on and it came to pass that i saw the heavens open and an angel came down see it transitioned and stood before me and said, Nephi, what beholdest thou? So remember before he kind of said, what do you want? What, what's, what do you desire? And he said, well, I, the meaning, I desire to know the meaning of the vision which my father saw. And then we transition to this vision and Nazareth. And we're going to then go to, remember, this was the tree. What did the tree mean? And then we go to this vision. So Everything we're going to see going forward is some part of answering that desire, that question. And I love the back and forth that the spirit or the angel is asking Nephi. He has to figure it out himself. He doesn't say, well, here it is. He says, what do you see? What does it mean? Okay. So watch for that and see if you can see this weird non sequitur. I asked what the tree meant and then I see Nazareth. Weird. Okay. And so here we said, what do you... Um, and then in verse 14, the heavens open and an angel came and said, Nephi, what beholdest thou? Verse 15 through 18. And, it said, and I said unto him, he has to answer it, a virgin, most beautiful and fair above all other virgins. And he said to me, knowest thou the condescension of God? And I said unto him, I know that he loveth his children. Nevertheless, I do not understand the meaning of all things. And he said unto me, behold, the virgin whom thou seest is the mother of the Son of God after the manner of the flesh. So did you catch that back and forth? Nephi is working it out, and the angel in this case is, is prompting him and saying, what do you see? Do you understand this condescension? Uh, this isn't the word condescension like we think of condescending in modern English. This is God coming from a higher level down to a lower level. This is the what we call in theology the incarnation, right, of God coming from um, a celestial realm into a body, becoming mortal with the frailties and, and problems of mortality. And so I said, God's come down and he's, he's coming down to our level. Um, it's a big concept, so I'm not giving it, I'm not using the right words there, but you, that's what he's trying to say. Do you know what it is? I don't know what it is, but I know that he loves us. I love that answer. It's like, do you understand it? I have no idea, Angel, what you're talking about, but I know that God loves us, right? And he's, he says, the, um, the virgin that you see is, is the mother of the Son of God. And then begins the story of the Messiah is coming to save us as one of us, right? God is coming down. And so this, this uh, vision of Mary that he sees is a vision of the love that God has for us. And everything here is a vision of that condescension of the love um, here. Powerful stuff. And then she was carried away, um, and it came to pass that I beheld that she was, and again, so he's talking, and then I, I behold, or look, and then he's talking, and then he looks. So it's the attention keeps going from vision back to the angel. And it came to pass she was carried away in the spirit, and after she'd been carried away in the spirit for a space of a time, the angel spake unto me again, saying, Look. And I looked. And I beheld the virgin again, bearing a child in her arms. I love that little tasteful aside, right? Obviously, she um, uh, uh, is pregnant, and so she gives birth, and we don't see that part. We just come to this tasteful little vision. And then the angel, uh, but again, look. And so we're like, first, God comes down to Mary. 
Next, a child. A child is in her arms. Ah, oh, such power in the story. Just think about if you could learn anything about the nature of our Father in Heaven, if you could learn about anything about the nature of our lives and his love for us, he's going to explain it in the story of I came down as a child. I came down to a mother. So powerful, but so profound, right? It could be, you could look into the heavens and the cosmos and amazing powers of physics and astrophysics. No, it's a mother and a child. Okay, and here's the kicker. So ponder this idea. Remember, Nephi wanted to know the meaning of the tree of life, the meaning of the vision which his father Lehi saw. And then you don't go through, well, here's what it means. He sees the vision, and now he's starting to understand the vision. And it's probably not what we'd expect. We're seeing the life of the Messiah. And here's where the angel is going to help Nephi put it together. So get your highlighter out. Put your sticky note in this page because this is some of the most powerful Christology you will ever see is right here. Are you ready? And then so it, uh, verse 21, 11, 21. And the angel said unto me, behold, the Lamb of God. Yea, even the son of the eternal father. Knowest thou the meaning of the tree which thy father saw? Um, this is just amazing. I, I wonder how the angel said it. I almost see a softness. But I love the exclamation point here in 11. And, it, you know, it's interpretive. But behold, check it out. Look. And nay, check it out. Look. Behold, the Lamb of God, even the Son of the Eternal Father. It's like, now do you know the meaning of the tree? Let's go back to this phrase, Lamb of God. Lamb of God has not been used very much in the Old Testament. It is, it is used a little bit, um, but it is not used where, a ton. And you're going to see it from here on out, especially in the Book of Mormon. You're going to see it one of the most popular ways. So if you want to do a little word study, you can just go out to um, churchjesuschrist.org and you can uh, look uh, at the phrase Lamb of God and see how often it's used throughout the scriptures. And you'll see that it has a special meaning and how often it was used, when it was used, and when it really gets popular. And in the Book of Mormon, it's really popular. Now, why would it be the Lamb of God? We just saw a baby. Um, you could say the baby, the son of God, the Messiah, the king, the host, uh, the Lord of hosts, lots of names, the rock, right? The redeemer, lamb of God. Now, for Nephi, as an Old Testament guy, I think he's going to immediately make this connection. And I think most of us will too, but let's take a breath. When was a lamb used? A lamb is used as a sacrifice, as a sacrifice on the altar in the temple to bring atonement and to bring, uh, sometimes it's a goat, sometimes it's a lamb, sometimes, right? But in this case, it's the lamb that is going to give itself as an offering, as a sacrificial offering to redeem us, to bring us back into atonement with God, to save us. And so from now we say, this is an atoning Messiah. It isn't just the king. We see the covenants made in 2 Samuel 7 with David, right, that your family will be Judah, you'll be the king forever. 
and we see Abraham, your family will have posterity, priesthood, the land of promise, right? Place put it. We see this over and over again. And now we see how it's all going to come together. The Lord's going to save his people by sacrifice. It's the Lamb of God, the Son of God. So this atoning Messiah theme is going to be the one that's now going to run through the rest of the Book of Mormon. Indeed, this is the message of the Testament of the Book of Mormon, that it is the Lamb of God come to save the world. So listen to the question. Knowest thou the meaning of the tree? And what does Nephi answer? And I answered him, he says. And he says, yeah, it's the, yay, all sons say, yeah, yay, it's the love of God, which sheddeth itself abroad in the hearts of the children of men, wherefore it is the most desirable above all things. And he spake unto me, so this is what Nephi said that, yes, it's the love of God, but it's not just for me. It's the one that spreads abroad to all the children of men, to everyone and in their hearts. And it's the most desirable thing that we could all want. And the angel spoke unto him saying, yay, and it's the most joyous to the soul. So they've made this amazing connection. Did you see that back and forth? He asks the questions back and forth. Now, do you know what it is? Yeah, it's the love of God. The love of God that we just saw, the Lamb of God. The meaning of the tree, the meaning of the fruit is the Messiah. The love of God that goes forth to all men and it's the thing we crave the most. It's the thing we need the most. It's the thing that God wants to give us the most. And after he'd said these words, he said to me, look. Again, the attention goes from the conversation. Look, look back, look. And I looked, and I beheld the Son of God going forth among the children of men, and I saw many fall down at his feet and worship him. So we connect the fruit with the atoning Messiah, and then we're going to say that it's going forth to all people. So look back, and we see the Son of God going forth among the children of men. He sees the mortal mission of Christ going forth, showing him sharing it. So not only is the connection just the fruit, but we see it in the Lord's mission. So Nephi had asked a couple of things. I want to see my father's vision and I want to understand its meaning. And we see it's the Messiah and his teachings. It's the Messiah and his teachings. How beautiful, how wonderful. And it came to pass, again, we go back to the vision that I beheld the rod of iron, which my father had seen was the word of God which led to the foundation, the fountain of living waters or to the tree of life, which waters are a representation of the love of God. And I also beheld that the tree of life was a representation of the love of God. He puts it all together. Oh, this is just so powerful, isn't it? It's so awesome to see it as a vision and the implications and ask ourselves these questions. Just, I just can't quite get over there how cool this is. And the angel said unto me again, look, and behold the condescension of God. And I looked and I beheld, what is it going to be now? The redeemer of the world, of whom my father had spoken. And I also beheld the prophet who should prepare the way before him. And the lamb of God 
went forth and was baptized of him. And after he was baptized and I beheld the heavens open and the Holy Ghost come down on him, down out of heaven and abide on him in the form of a dove. So it echoes that uh, verse 16, right? Do you know the condescension? Which was answered. Now he, he doesn't ask if Nephi knows. He tells him to behold. Look, observe, understand, grasp it. Behold the condescension. The, and then we look again. It's the atoning Messiah. And I love it again. It's the Lamb of God going forth. And he starts to describe this uh, perfect example. Um, this is amazing to me how we learn so much about the mission of Christ and how we tie it back to that vision. It isn't just, isn't the fruit great? Isn't the gospel wonderful? It's the mission of the, the lamb of God and how it's being shared. God's love is being shared with us as his love on earth through a baby, through a mother, through a son, through his teachings and his healings, through his baptism, through his example, through his sacrifice. So we're going to see this um, just continue on. And I, I think this chapter could just absolutely be, be a, a, if we stopped the Book of Mormon right here, we'd be like, I got enough. This is just amazing, right? This is just absolutely um, uh, poignant. And I think we could just sit and meditate on this for a long time. Um, the message is going to keep going and it's going to keep it going through. Now we're going to see the ministering, right? The atoning Messiah's earthly mission is to go out to the world and then they're going to understand more about his working with the poor and the sick and the weak. Um, remember, this is God, right? This is the son of God. He is condescending his love of coming from the heavens and a celestial kingdom to come down to our level. And so he's seeing this, seeing this love and seeing this desirable um, gift, uh, the fruit. Then we're going to see the 12, right? Um, and then we're going to see the angel keeps going back and forth, and then we see um, uh, the Lamb of God continues to, to heal, to cast out um, devils, and we see really the life that we're familiar with. Now remember, Nephi's not going to see this, but now he's going to understand. And this is where you should take a pause, go back and reread the Gospels. You say, I want to see what they saw. Here's the vision. Pachunk, right here. Right? So we see the kingship. We see the love. We see the healing mission of the atoning sacrifice. And then we see in 32 through 36 uh, verses in chapter 11. It came to pass the angel spake unto me again, saying, Look! And I looked, and I beheld the Lamb of God, that he was taken by the people. Yea, the Son of the everlasting God was judged of the world. And I saw and bear record. And I, Nephi, saw that he was lifted up on a cross and slain for the sins of the world. And after he was slain, I saw the multitudes of the earth, and they were gathered together to fight against the apostles of the Lamb. For thus were the twelve called by the angel of the Lord. Um, and he goes on. So we see kind of the future for us, the past, but the future Nephi's f uh, family in the future on the other hemisphere and the story of how the gospel is going to go forth from the mission, mortal mission, the death, and then the mission going out. Ask yourself, why does Nephi continue to see that part? Why does he see the mission of the 12? Why do we see um, the death on the cross? Why do we see, as we keep going through these chapters, why do we see the uh, these other 
uh, parts of the story, right? Why do we see it? I think it's because Nephi is going to see what's going to happen and he's going to understand because it goes full circle, right? It goes all the way through kind of uh, old church history into more modern church history to the message coming back all the way to his people. His people are going to fail. His brothers and sisters, Lamanites, Nephites, they're all going to fail. Um, and yet they won't in the end. This condescension of the love of God, this love is going to come all the way back. Seek me and live, remnant of Joseph, Lamb of God. All right, Scriptorians. We're out of time again, but stick with me as we continue to learn next week. Um, and I am so grateful for you joining me. And I just love to be able to share these, uh, this, you listening to me, my crazy insights on these most fantastic scriptures in the Book of Mormon. Hang in there. Love you, brothers and sisters.